uh, hey, hey, Cody, are you going to start the show or what's going on here? Is it? Oh, yep, that's right. It's just me here, not here. Uh, hey, hey, guys, it's Seth, the so host, as Cody likes to say. And I'm going to be on a solo adventure, if you, get, if you catch my drift here, uh, for this week's episode of the SoCo Show, episode 108, an abbreviated version this week. And uh, so basically what happened, Cody is off gallivanting in LA this week, uh, this weekend. He had a, had a nice fun trip and he uh, decided not to come back. So he is now officially lost in the world of uh, quote unquote escort services. And so that that's his permanent job now. So the SoCo show will just be the So Show from now on. So get ready for that every week. Uh, no, he he should be back next week. He he did get trapped in Vegas, but uh, it just with the way that his delays worked out and everything, we couldn't find a time for us to both be on the show. And I don't know exactly what he was up to this week, and I doubt he had a lot of time to see some movies or TV, and I did, so as I usually do. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit, go over just a, a couple quick things with news. Again, just a much shorter show this week. So first, I guess we'll start off with a little bit of movie news. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. So this week, the only thing I had for for movie news is that a movie I saw this week, which I'll talk about in a little bit, Good Boys, ended up making about $21 million at the box office, which is huge for an R-rated comedy about kids. And they they were number one for this week. Again, huge. And that, I think, is a testament to a lot of different things. Uh, For the first part, I think it's due to uh, Seth Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, excuse me. They've done this a lot, actually. They've had a lot of more surprising openings like this together they produced a whole bunch of films together uh they've they've worked together you know since they were kids and and they're they're doing a really good job here i think the other big thing here that can really be credited towards this opening is that they've had preview screenings of this movie since uh i think april Uh, i know that there was one in iowa city near where i'm at here in cedar rapids and they played an a free preview screening so this is four months before the movie opens a free preview screening at the same night as the avengers so i of course chose the avengers because i didn't want to get spoiled but i was really bummed i had to miss this one and so with with it coming out and and now and and seeing the the adulation because they've been doing this all across the country uh they've been having these free screenings whether it be back in april or even just last week i know monday the movie came out on friday they had free screenings on monday for people and we've seen this a lot recently with a lot of different movies and companies releasing movies early or giving free screenings early so that it can create a positive word of mouth. And of course, this only works, you know, if the movie is good. But I know like Booksmart had a free pre-screening as well, uh, or might not even been free. I think it was a Fandango thing. But a week before, that movie didn't quite make as much money, but it got the positive word of mouth out there. And I think that one's going to do super well on on video, which should be coming out soon, which makes both me and Cody happy. But so th- I think that's a, that's a big a big thing here is that Good Boys got a, a, a big word of mouth months in advance, weeks in advance, whatever it may be. They had all these they had a really good marketing campaign, uh, whether it be through trailers or online, and they were able to. Plus, it was a good movie. It was just a, an overall fun movie that was received very positively. Uh, the fan score is even higher than the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, which generally only happens. You don't see a lot of fan and critic scores line up together, and this one did that. So that's good, but. 
the other thing that was kind of cool too is that I I figured this movie would do super well because being in Iowa, I we have a kind of a weird melting pot of people who go to movies. And this one, this trailer, again, having been out, this trailer's been out since since February, March time. I know it came out. I saw the trailer before Booksmart even, and I, and and it, it they had very similar styles in terms of the trailer. But Good Boy is every movie I went to that this the trailer we played beforehand, it absolutely killed. And I, I know there was one just a week and a half or two weeks ago that I went to full theater. And it was a an interesting crowd of like older and younger people for this one. And there there was a, a younger kid sitting next to me, probably not kid, but he's he probably his twenties. Uh, and then there was a to the left, to the right of me, and to the left of me, there was this old family, uh, older family, and it might even been his fifties uh, or sixties. But he was cracking up. They're both cracking up, laughing at it. And every time I heard this the trailer play, it just always did so well. So I kind of figured that this would do do very well. But as well as it did, I didn't expect. I didn't think it'd be the number one movie this week, but. At my screening, again, this was a Thursday night that I went at 7 o'clock, which, unless it's a huge movie like Avengers or superhero movie or whatever, typically people don't go on the Thursday night screens. Typically, this, this the theaters are about half full. This one was absolutely packed, and I was I was really happy to see that because a movie like this, which a lot of people just put a bunch of time into, there's a bunch of new people that they're introducing here, uh, just an R-rated comedy, just a lot of fun, really funny, and I think... That the the reason that this does the, the reason that it does so well is because of the marketing campaign. But I'm happy it did so well because it, it allows for just new film to get out there and people to see it, and especially if it's good. So I'm happy for it. It was really cool to see that this this week do so well, and I hope we get more of these types of comedies because these are just so fun to go to a in in, in a packed theater. Uh, to, to have fun with and I, a bunch of people had beers for coming with beers you know they're drinking or even pre-gaming, pre-gaming beforehand just such a fun experience at the theater and always it just makes the film that much better so as we talked about it last week with the, the difference in theaters and things like that but absolutely a fun time and I hope we get to see more of this going forward so good boys uh, congratulations on that that's all the news I got this week not a whole lot didn't have a ton of time to prep but Whatever. It is what it is. Short and show. But I did see some movies, see some old movies, and uh, see an old movie and see some new movies. So before I get into my reviews of the new movies and into the TV corner, little tease there as well, I'm going to talk about an older movie that Cody had my list for We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and... You're going to need a bigger boat. So this week I had the chance to watch, uh, really I just was trying to look for the shortest movie on my list. So I went and uh, I just didn't have a ton of time because I was watching Glow, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But I I, I watched uh, the shortest movie on my list, which was of course an animated movie, and that's How to Train Your Dragon. And this one is one I've heard a ton about over the years. It came out in 2010, so it's been a while. And it's one that I've just heard nothing but praise about. I have a ton of people have told me that it's great, and I I've always been kind of delirious because if it's not Pixar or Disney, I I've, I I don't see I, I I don't see a lot of movies doing very well out of that out of the camp that's not Disney or Pixar. But there's a few gems, and this one I think is definitely a, a gem out of, out of the list for DreamWorks. So. How to Train Your Dragon, of course, it's Hiccup and Toothless. Everyone knows, or most people know. Even I knew who they were 
having not seen the movie, I knew to- uh, Toothless and, and Hiccup. Uh, Toothless is the dragon, Hiccup is the kid. Uh, Jay Baruchel plays the kid, who is great in the in the role there. But there, I know there's a ton of other actors. I didn't take much time to look uh, at the other voice actors, but I know there's a lot. It's pretty star-studded. But, uh, of course, this, this one, I didn't exactly know for How to Train Your Dragon how the whole plot begins. Because, like, seeing the trailers, uh, especially for the newer ones, it just seemed like it's a bunch of kids with dragons fighting things or whatever. I thought it might've been more of like a, uh, like literally like, Oh, these kids are dragon trainers and they're going to go save stuff. That kind of kept me a little bit at hand's length because like, I don't care about that. You know, I, 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 none of that really interests me that much, but going into this one and them setting the story up, it was more of like a thing about acceptance and learning about each other because the Vikings skull wanted to, uh, they they've been taught to not be friends with the dragons and to not and, and to always fight them because they're the dragons have attacked them for certain reasons they talk about in the movie, and so they never had the chance to really like work together at all, kind of or domestic. Honestly, it's domesticating the dragons is what they're doing in a way. But um, so of course Hiccup comes upon Toothless because he cap he ends up capturing him and realizes toothless is nice and you know is is not a bad thing and a bad dragon so then he becomes friends with them and it's about that story of like change and acceptance and learning from each other and and that type of thing it has a really nice message and i, I like that a lot so uh, the animation is really for being 2010 the animation is really great um the the story too between hiccup and, and his father is really cool too where, where there's that clash there because uh his father wants him to be this be this basically macho dragon killer uh and uh, hiccup doesn't want to hiccup is more about being taking the friendly approach or the smart approach with capturing them or taming them that type of thing using different uh tactics using machines that type of thing so yeah i i did like it a lot i think some people have this as like their favorite animated franchise and while i did really like it a lot it's uh, there's others on other franchises other animated movies i like a lot more it's good i think maybe for me it's just a little too hyped or i caught it too late for me to really consider it you know the the at the height of some of the other franchises i you know toy stories or that type of thing but it's good. And I definitely want to check out the other ones uh, and complete that trilogy. And I don't know if they're going to be doing more after this or what, but uh, yeah, I do want to catch up on more of it and, and see those other movies. So I might have to go do that at a certain point. I don't know if uh, that's something that Cody will add to my list. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure uh, I, I'll find out for next week what, what's added to my list, but uh, <laughs> it's, I'm sure it'll be another animated movie just based off of his, his track record, but yeah, really good movie. So I, I did enjoy it quite a bit. So how to train your dragon. That was a good recommendation by Cody. Oh, I'm on a boat and you're going to need a bigger boat. So from there, uh, I, I guess I'm doing this out of order. I really don't care. Uh, it's my show. It's the solo mission. And on this solo mission, we're going to go to the TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All right. So I did mention it earlier. I had a chance to binge watch all the way through Glow Season 3. For those I've talked about Glow before, I probably had TV Corner for both of them for the first two seasons at this point. But season three of Glow, Glow is a gorgeous ladies of wrestling. They are a wrestling show. It's based off it's based off of the actual show in the '80s, but it's not the same characters or anything like that. 
Uh, now they've they've they're kind of following the trajectory of trajectory. There we go of the the actual glow glow. So what the season focuses on, they are no longer on TV, but they've had a chance to go move to Las Vegas to do like a, a residency type thing at the the hotel called the Fantan. I don't know if that's a real hotel. I can't remember if it used to be one or is one still. Not quite sure, but they they have a permanent residency there, and so. And they're living in Vegas. This whole season takes place in Vegas, and you get some of the the Vegas stuff. You know, they 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 do get into some like kind of crazy stuff with different shows and strippers and and other different uh, prostitution and and different things like that. They get into that. What this season though did differently from the other ones is that the first two seasons really focused on the actual like world around wrestling, and they spent more time showing them learning wrestling and and getting better at wrestling and this season really they kind of just take the wrestling out of it there's i mean it's part of the show in in a few ways like the actual show in vegas but they're so used to it now and especially now that they're doing it you know a nightly vegas show they're they're really into it and that's the boring part of it now this season they get into the, the the relationships between all of the people, uh, the cast, I think they really dive into some of the backstories and the relationships that are going on and where, they, where they're taking the show, where they're, where they're going to be taking their relationships going forward. Because this season, it definitely feels like they know they're getting another season. So they really didn't wrap up much here. They, they kind of just furthered storylines, but in a good way. I like that this show doesn't isn't afraid to take chances and change things up while at the same time focusing on the future. And I think that was cool with this season being in, in Vegas. Uh, the first two seasons took place in L.A. around like the TV stuff and, and the Hollywood life. And this one took a shift going to Vegas. Vegas, of course, is a city that both Cody and I love. It's a place where Cody spent too much time this weekend. <laughs> um, but it, it is cool that they that they did this and, and were able to freshen it up while still keeping still keeping the, the core and heart of the show, which which was cool. Uh, there's a bunch of different storylines and what, what I didn't realize. So Genji Cohan, who does, who did Orange is the New Black and also did Weeds is a producer on the show and has helped creatively and things like that. She is, she really is amazing at putting together ensemble casts, casts, uh, whether it be Weeds had a really good ensemble cast, Orange is the New Black, I think I said in my review, probably has the best ensemble cast that I've seen and Glow is no exception to that either. Glow has a whole roster of wrestlers that and, and characters that all have their own backstory and that they're all touched on in in what's crazy it's every episode a half hour maybe just a few minutes more or less and they can fit all of the stuff into into 30 minutes 10 episodes a season or eight, I think it might have even been eight before and they're still whereas orange is the new black was you know 13 12 episode an hour episode seasons this doesn't such less time, but they still give all these characters so much life and so much purpose and meaning in, in this in this world. There's not a character here that I feel like anytime they're on the screen, I'm just like, oh, they all have an interesting characteristic to them. And the ensemble cast fits when they're together is great. When they're not, it's great. Like it's a perfect, perfect cast, I think. And and that's that's led by Allison Breeze, uh, Ruth, and Betty Gilpin's Debbie. Betty Gilpin, I, I think I said in the first season. She shouldn't have been the one that's nominated, but I've really come around on her as, as an actress. She is incredible. She has got such range. She's she's got timing comedically. It's it's awesome. And her character is is becoming was was my least favorite character in season one. Has come around to be someone I'm 
wanting to see more of on the screen. So she's doing an amazing job. Again, Alison Brie is great with with Ruth, and she is she is such a difficult character to think about either way because sometimes she does a lot of things that you feel bad for her for, but she also does a lot of self-destructive things. And so there's a conflict with her that is a lot of fun to watch. Frustrating, but a lot of fun to watch. Uh, again, the entire cast is great. Uh, there is, um, I think Carmen is her name. She plays Machu Picchu. She's like the real wrestler. She like she wants to wrestle. She has a family background, which there's tons of big wrestling families, which is cool for wrestling fans to have a lot of these different dynamics in there. But yeah, they have this. They have this in there where she's at heart wants to wrestle, but she's stuck doing the same show over and over again. There's also a lot of different like there. There's a a. Uh, there's different like relationships in this season, um, straight relationships, gay relationships that they explore all around. They explore things like um, confusion in terms of like what what uh, sexual orientation you are. Uh, they they have they have uh, things about like do you want to be a mother in this season? Uh, do you want to have kids in this season? Uh, should you feel bad about leaving your kids on the road? Stuff like that. Like they just explore so much stuff too that all really matters because they have this ensemble cast. It's really really cool. There's like identity things like this this girl named Sheila always dresses up like a wolf. She's having like identity issues whether she wants to continue doing that or not, and like show who she really is. Is that going to be make her more 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 vulnerable? All that stuff. It's really cool. I think they they do an amazing job of this show. I think my only negative for this season is I think the first two, three episodes, they take more time and it's a little bit more difficult to get into. Like it's pretty slow paced up front. And so it's difficult to get into this season for me is like as invested as I was uh, in prior seasons. So the Vegas change and the change in kind of the going away from the wrestling took a little bit for me to get into, but I loved what I ended up with because of the character development. The other huge thing I forgot to mention, Mark Marin in this season is incredible. He is he is excellent as Sam, who's like the director of Glow. And then he has a, a thing with his daughter as well that uh, kind of a strange daughter continues to be in his life and they're figuring things out as a you know father and daughter. Uh, also, his movie career, because prior to Glow, he was a director who had a little bit of fame, and he's trying to get on track with that again. And again, a, to- a whole shitload of stuff is in the season, and it's great. But yeah, the, the, he he's amazing in the season through a few different arcs, and it's great to see him do good work. So I really liked him in Sort of Trust. I love him as Sam and, and Glow. So great show. Absolutely love it. I think I'm going to give this season a Glow... 4.7 back body drops out of 5. So that's that's my review for Glow. Normally Cody would have a few follow-up questions for me. Um, he can ask them later, I guess. But um, that for now, maybe we might have we might have another... I might be able to get Mindhunter done. You know what? I actually have one more show. I completely forgot about it, which might say something about the season. But I do have one other show. Uh, to review in the TV corner, and that is The Handmaid's Tale. So we're going to rewind, and we're going to go to The Handmaid's Tale. So Handmaid's Tale, I th- believe they're also in Season 3. Let me double-check that. Yes, they are They are in Season 3. So Handmaid's, Ta- Handmaid's Tale Season 3, what we ended up getting here. So at the end of last season, June had gotten a child out. He got, she got her child out, Nicole, and... In order, she stays back because she has another daughter still in. It's uh, her name's Hannah, and 
so basically she's kind of on a mission to get more kids out right and what what kind of frustrates me about this about the season so there's a there's a lot of this this season is very political i i okay rewinding what what was frustrating about this season is that the end of last season the way they made it seem is that this season is going to be a lot more basically that she'd have a lot more power and a lot a lot more drive and things like that and and instead it kind of just fell back into what it was and it fell back into being a political thing much more like political and and there's a lot of scheming and maneuvering, but not much really happened throughout a lot of the episodes of the season. There's a couple big moments here and there, but it's really just went back to status quo. And I'm kind of over like the depressing, the depressing nature, the depressing like, and I get what they're doing and I get that they're making a point with this and that, you know, that, that this is meant to be depressing and show what stuff could be if, if, you know, if, if there's no change, like I completely get it. I 100% get it. But for me, I think in terms of being an entertaining show, like two seasons of that, I think is plenty and you can still show that, but progress stuff. And I just didn't feel like anything progressed until we got to the last three or four episodes. I think felt like everything else was pretty stagnant. Again, there's a few things that happened, but nothing felt really substantial until the last three, four episodes of the of the season. Now, what did happen? That finale of the of the the, the season is incredible, but just overall, I just felt more bored or just wanting stuff to happen. This wasn't a show, even even in the past. Like even though it's it's a tough show to watch and there's a lot of dark and rough subject subject material, I've always looked forward to watching it because it's a it's a well made show and it still is pretty well made, but. I think with season three, they didn't do with like what something glow did where they made it feel fresh by changing up certain things, but not, not leaving what the the essence of the show is. And I think season three of handmaid's tale just didn't change really much other than add the element of her child being in Canada and and Canada is more involved here, but it's still the same, a lot of depressing stuff. They changed up the commander for her as well, uh, which we, you know, we suspected at the end of last season, but other than that, I mean, there just isn't much to really to, to really say that this is much better than than previous seasons. It's fine. Uh, I I am after the finale. They did make me interested to see what happens in season four. Like, I hope four this is the last it. I hope the last season of Handmaid's Tale season four because I just don't see them going much more without just continuing to drag out the same pace. And I can't take another season where it's just the same pace stuff over and over again. So, and, and I still get that feeling of despair that they're going for and, and hopelessness, but, and then they do throw hints of like, Hey, but it's just, it's just tough to get through. And in terms of an entertaining show, like I've always been enter- entertained up until this point, but this season kind of just lowered my entertainment value of it. So we'll see though. I'm excited. I, I am excited to see where they go after this next season. I think there's going to be a, a lot bigger scale of things happening, but I just can't quite, can't quite give my my full excitement to the show any longer so i'm gonna give season three of the handmaid's tale uh three point three point seven i'll do the sevens again three point seven uh intense stare downs into the camera out of five which she does all the time so that's usually how they end episodes uh, about half the episodes of the handmaid's tale end with her staring at the camera angrily so it is what it is <laughs> um but 
that's it. Okay, no more TV corners. I didn't watch any more TV uh, that ended. So next week, though, potentially Mindhunter. That's a little bit more of a, a trek to get through. I know uh, 13 Reasons Why also comes out next week. I'm going to, I am going to watch it, but, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, we'll see how that turns out. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in. One other quick piece of TV, we'll just throw it on here. That's what she said. TV. Quick piece of TV news. We got a release date for Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Season 3. So all you motherfuckers who don't watch Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, watch it before December 6th when the new season comes out. Because it is my favorite show on TV. I think it's the best show on TV. I am so excited for Season 3. They released a one-minute little trailer. I'm so mad that I have to wait because the last two seasons have come out in summertime. Now I have to wait another three-ish months, uh, three and a half months because it's December 6th. I'm just, I just, I'm upset. I want to watch it now, but I'm happy that I got a release date. So Marvelous is Maisel coming out soon. So from there, we wrap up the TV section of the show. We're going to go into a couple of movie reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right couple mo- quick movie reviews here. I had mentioned earlier, so I'll just go into it now. Good Boys. I had a chance to check out Good Boys. And like I said earlier, it is... It, that movie, is, it, it's it's fun. It's hilarious. It's everything you want it to be out of the trailer. That's what it is. And it's, you know, three three young boys uh, who are just get, like, getting into the sixth grade or our sixth grade. And they... Uh, they, they're doing what middle school boys do. Uh, you know, the, you've seen the trailer. You're, you know, they're looking at porn. They're finding sex toys. They're getting into the parents' stuff. Basically, the main story here, though, is that uh, Jacob Tremblay from he's a kid from Ro- the room, not or not the room from room. If he was in the room, it'd be a much different thing. But from room, he, what he really likes this girl. He really wants to talk to her. There's this party that he wants to go to, and. Uh, him and the other two boys, Thor, and let me pull up the other kid's name. So the other kid, uh, he is from Keith L. Williams. I know his real name. Um, he's from Last Man on Earth. He played. He was. He was a pretty much a, a quiet, quiet, the quiet kid. On he didn't really talk in that in the couple seasons he was on, but he was really funny. His his comedic timing is great. Lucas is is his name. So these three, they they Jacob Tremblay uh, gets invited to this party. And he, uh, he he says, Thor, Thor and Lucas have to come with me. They're my best friends. His name's Max, by the way. And so they, they're like, okay, we're going to this party. We got to learn how to kiss. So Max, he, he's like, okay, I, we, my, my dad has this drone. I'm not supposed to touch it, but we're going to do it anyway. His dad is also very funnily played by uh, Will Forte, who was in Last Man on Earth with uh, Keith L. Williams with Lucas's character. So, anyway, he gets gets the drone, and uh, well, basically that drone gets taken down by the neighbors who they're spying on, and all kinds of craziness ensues. I'm trying to get the drone back and and make sure that his dad doesn't know that he used the drone, and it's just there. There's so much crazy shit that happens in this movie, and it's it it's 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 so funny, like. It's very much super bad, but with with teenagers. And earlier this year we had with young teenagers like kids. Uh, the earlier this year we had Booksmart, which was basically super bad with girls. 
And I think that that formula of teen comedy, teen young kids, young teens doing things that they shouldn't be doing is is, is great. I, I think that it's it's hard to make a bad movie like that. And especially, you know, if you take it somewhat seriously, but you know, it's, it's, I, these are great. I love seeing these movies and they executed a hundred percent on this movie. Uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg again produced it and their flavor, their, their flair is all over the movie. Um, I think the one thing, I, I mean, again, all, all the, the cast is great. So funny. The, the story I enjoyed a lot. There's one, one joke they set up early in the movie that pays off at the end that, absolutely killed me i was crying laughing it was so funny not a lot of people probably would find it as funny as i did but i just love that they that they just let this joke had a little seed of it planted in the beginning and then they just let it sit there and then in the end they paid it off in such an an outlandish crazy hilarious way for me and it, it had me i was dead i was it was killing me but yeah, I think if I had one one complaint about the movie is that a lot of a lot of the funny jokes were in the trailer, which that happens with 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 comedies like this. But I think I de- like a lot of these jokes I would have definitely enjoyed seeing for the first time there, and like other people in the theater had laughed. But I see trailers so many times that it's not funny anymore after I see it. You know, not in the not in the <laughs> previews. So. For me, as someone, and that's not going to be a problem for a lot of people because they maybe haven't seen the trailer a bunch, or they are only seen it once or twice, or okay with that. I don't, you know, they still think it's funny. For me, I've seen that trailer probably fifteen times, and over that how many months, and you know, for me, they just weren't funny, and and I I couldn't even muster up a, a giggle. So those are the times that I wasn't laughing, but there was at least a consistent chuckle every two, three, four minutes, at least like a huh, you know, and then there's there's times where the the there's crazy shit that happens that I'm just dying laughing. So a lot of really good jokes in this movie. A lot of the execution was great. I love good boys. It right now it's in my top 10 for the year. I, it's a movie that I kind of want to go back and watch and see with, with friends again and, you know, have a few drinks beforehand and just laugh because it's like, I did that with Booksmart. exact same thing I did with Booksmart. I, that movie is probably less funny than good boys is. I think Booksmart executes some of the more personal and like emotional things better than good boys. And I like Booksmart a whole lot more. Booksmart will be in my top 10 at the end of the year for like, there's no doubt about it at this point. That movie is going to be in my top 10 at the end of the year. Good boys probably won't. It's just, it's because it's ranked in a place where other movies will bump it, I think. But you know, it's, I think this is funnier. I think Good Boys, on the whole, with jokes per minute, is probably funnier. So, I, I like I, I liked it a lot, and I definitely recommend it for anyone who loves the raunchy rated R because it is very rated R, very you know adult jokes. But anyone who loves those type of movies, who loves the Seth Rogen movies, who loves a coming of age story, because there is some emotional moments in this with some coming of age stuff, go check this one out. You you will very much enjoy it, and especially if you you know, have a few drinks or whatever beforehand. So good boys, check it out. The other movie I saw was blinded by the light, which is the, it's a inspired by some Bruce, Bruce, I must say Bruce Lee, uh, some Bruce Springsteen lyrics, um, songs, excuse me. But I don't know if this is probably something that a lot of people have seen trailers for what the basic story of this is. And it's, while it is related to Bruce Springsteen's music, it's really not 
about Bruce Springsteen, which that's what I was kind of, I didn't want it to do that, and I'm glad it didn't, but the trailer did kind of make it seem like Bruce Springsteen was the whole crux of this, and Bruce Springsteen is the driving force behind the main character's motivations less more than it is about Bruce Springsteen. So, what it is, uh, it's, uh, the main character's name is Javid, he lives in uh, England in a small town outside of London, and his, his family, his father moved them there when he was really young, and just for like a better opportunity, but in terms of his culture uh, from being from Pakistan, where they're originally from, his father still has this ide- these ideals of like, you will do what I say, you will respect me, I will basically map out your entire life for you. Whereas Javid doesn't want to do that. Javid wants, he loves writing. Writing is his passion. There's nothing more that he loves doing than writing. And his father doesn't view that as a as a viable option for him in his life. There's not a lot of money in it that it's at least in terms of like, unless you're really amazing at it. And it's just not something you can support your family with. And the whole family is pitching in to try and keep them afloat and keep them solvent in, 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 in their lives. And so Javid is just trying to balance. Like I need to work. If I want to do, well at this. I need to work on writing. I need to do that as much as possible, but I also need to pr- help provide with the family. And as this progresses and Javid is getting more and more into writing, his father is clamping down on him and down, down on him even more and saying, you got to keep focused on your studies. He also too, Javid is a really good student. The reason he's going to school is to get really good grades so he can go to university and he, he wants to go farther away his father thinks he's going to stay close to help the family still so there's that going on Javid eventually though he, he loves music and there's a ton of 80s music in this movie not even just Bruce Springsteen it's all all around but he's into music especially into lyrics he loves writing poems and things like that he's introduced by his friend can't quite pull his name right now but he uh, he's also of uh, Middle Eastern Pakistan descent I believe but he gives him he introduces him to Bruce Springsteen and when he hears Bruce Springsteen he first he's kind of like oh you know whatever but then he listens to Bruce Springsteen and at this point in the movie so this takes place in like 80 it's the late 80s because he's they show him as a little kid in the early 80s and then they they fast forward to high school so I think it's late 80s but this point Bruce is like already risen to fame and like it's kind of on his way down in terms of like the major popularity he had, but he hears Bruce Springsteen and they, you've seen, I think you've seen, if you've seen the trailer, you've seen like they're writing lyrics on walls and things like that, but it changes his life. It makes his passion even more when he hears these lyrics and feels that Bruce Springsteen is talking to him and, and speaking for him and all that stuff. He, he relates to a lot of the, the ideals in Bruce's songs. And so he starts to really inhabit that life. Uh, he, he, you know, idolizes Bruce Springsteen, pictures all over his walls, uh, dresses like him, and all that stuff. Um, through Bruce, he's able to Bruce's music. He he starts to realize his passions more and open up to people more because he's a very closed off, quiet kid, and all that stuff. And so that that's like the big part of the mu- movie. The, the a big part of the movie is that him growing, and that that's where the Bruce Springsteen stuff comes in, is him growing because of that. So it's not again not like a movie dedicated to Bruce Springsteen. It's 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 the driving force behind the changes and whatnot. But it's not like the end all be all the movie. It's not about it's not just about Bruce Springsteen. So I know that's kind of a concern, and I'm glad it didn't go that way. 
few other things I like too. There is a relationship with him and like his best friend, and there's kind of like a story of them growing older together and um, apart as well. And so there's a story there, a story with him and this girl that I really liked. I think that I thought they did a good job of of putting in a romantic story that wasn't in the entirety of the movie that made sense and it felt good. Uh, again, the music was absolutely incredible uh, with all of the '80s stuff. I, I had a good time hearing all that. The cinematography was great. I thought, oh, even though some of the, the the shots were corny with some of the, it, some of it just looked like a play, straight up music video uh, throughout it. And I think, it, even though it was kind of corny, it was cool in some moments because the world, this movie had sort of a fantastical feel to it at times. So yeah, overall, those are a lot of things I did really enjoy about it. I think my only issue with the movie is it did feel very corny at times, and I, I had trouble, like the whole Bruce Springsteen thing with with him, like just he was completely devoted to Bruce Springsteen, and I and I remember being sixteen and like really into certain things, like just with everything, but it didn't the way that he like would to everyone quote Bruce Springsteen, it just felt super corny and weird and like use it as like life lessons for people. And, and, you know, like, again, I had that, I had, I can kind of relate to that in certain ways, but not like that. Like I wouldn't quote, let's say like I was super into Kevin Smith when I was younger and I was 16, didn't quote like constantly quote like Kevin Smith lines to people to make major life decisions. So like that, like they do here, like they, it's definitely over dramatic with some of the Bruce Springsteen stuff, which did take it did honestly take me out of it at times, and so that that was that was tough. I I did like the so this movie had a few like almost musical numbers, which were fun to watch. Something that kind of was weird though is that a lot of times like these musical numbers, like Rocket Man for example, was way more like you could tell it was like a, a they made it made it clear that this was more of like a fantastical situation that you know, was, was maybe in his head or whatever it might be. Like, it's not, the, the musicals didn't impact the world around it entirely. Whereas, like, the musical moments in this movie, they do these crazy things sometimes to people in it, and then they end it, and it's like, okay, we just watched you fucking do that for a minute, but they didn't, the care like... The so that they were the the musical moments impacted what was going around in the world, but the the people the people in the world weren't like confused why they're dancing around and stuff like so dancing around singing Bruce Springsteen songs. They all of everything that happened during the musical numbers was real, but the care but the people around them weren't like what the fuck are you kids doing? Why are you jumping around like idiots? It just felt it it was weird because it the musical numbers progressed the story, but they were acting fantastical and things like that. So when they, when the story was progressing, their, their actions didn't have any consequences. If it was something weird happened, it just distracted me. And I thought it was, that was thought was very strange. Like I, they should have at least toned down the musical stuff or made it seem like a, a, a imaginary thing. But cause this is kind of, this is based off of a person. It's not like a true story exactly, but it's inspired by, and they show the real people and all that stuff. And so, for them to like progress a story with these crazy musical numbers where weird stuff happens and just not have any any consequences about that it just seems weird to me so anyway that's my nitpicky thing i think a lot of people other a lot of other people find a ton of joy in this movie and will love it i mean i think especially if you're a springsteen fan i think you're i think you're gonna love it so um i enjoyed it a lot i would definitely recommend blinded by the light as well uh, I know Cody had some appreh- uh, apprehension with it. I think this is a movie he would really like too. So definitely check it out. 
uh, if it's if it's playing near a theater you near a theater near you excuse me this week I don't know I'm going to be seeing Ready or Not uh, tomorrow uh, which is a Tuesday and nothing really coming out Thursday now there's a potential there's a movie I don't know if we mentioned on the show called Peanut Butter Falcon which I'm very very excited for smaller indie movie uh, I hope that it's supposed to get a, a nationwide release in select theaters this week I hope. Mine is, is one of them. And then I'm going to be seeing an independent movie uh, this week with Octavia Spencer, a couple other uh, act, uh, actors and actresses that are somewhat known, but it's called Loose, uh, L-U-C-E. So I'm, I'm excited to check that one. That's a very very much an independent art house movie that I'm going to be going to. So a couple movies I'll be seeing this week, but uh, other than that, I don't have a whole lot. So that'll do it for the reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. So I'm not going to go over all the uh, sponsors and all that stuff. I guess audible.com for your free, free audiobook. book. Uh, check out uh, Mathis Designs where you can get uh, all of your uh, design needs. I don't know what Cody says here. And uh, check out Mike's Wood, which might be on a little bit of a hiatus right now with, with his baby. I've been getting, we've been getting tons of baby pictures. So I'm happy for, for Mike and his, his family he's got now. But get back to wooden, Mike. I don't know if wooding is a correct... Uh, action or verb <laughs> but keep wooden um <clears throat> so that'll that does sound really creepy uh, when i just hear it myself normally cody is making a comment immediately after so i don't get time to reflect on it but uh i did here so that's great um anyway that'll do it for this week uh check back next week for 109 we should have an actual real show uh i am a real boy but i don't have my co-host and i gotta say i kind of missed him this week just a little um, but uh, thanks for thanks for tuning in, um, and we will see you next week. Bye.